Welcome to the Talking Llama Podcast, the podcast for podcasters. Thanks for stopping by as we discuss all things podcasting, like gear and creative processes, even marketing and promoting your brand. If you're looking to grow, monetize, or even just start your podcast, you're in the right place. The Talking Llama Podcast is here to help you tell your story to the world with confidence. Here's your host, Ian Roth. Welcome to today's show. I have Courtney Lovegavin, who's a PR strategist who loves helping small business owners champion their PR strategy so it can grow their business and increase their scope of influence. How are you doing today, Courtney? I'm doing wonderful, Ian. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you so much for being on the show. You know, podcasts like this are just, it's so fun to do podcasts because you're out on the West Coast. I'm in basically the center of the country and with all the crazy stuff going on, we're able to sit down at the same time and connect and talk about some cool stuff. So glad to have you. I'm, I'm glad to be here. I've been looking forward to it all day, actually. Awesome. Yeah, likewise. So, so public relations, what, what the heck is public relations and why should I care about it? Public relations is many, many things. Um, I think overall, the purpose of PR is to help you, your brand or your business reach your goals. Um, And there's a lot of intangibles that come with that. So authority, trust, credibility, um, PR, for the most part, helps send strategic messages that help influence attitudes and behaviors. So the term public relations was invented a long time ago before we had all of the amazing social media platforms that we do today. So now there are a lot more touch points that you can reach the public and your audience at, but public relations is that through line that you have that really makes it so you have the awareness and the belief and the trust, if if that makes sense. In 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 whatever it, it is. You could talk about a brand, a person, a sport, an, a nonprofit. Uh, people joke about the virus that like global war- <laughs> global warming needs coronavirus's PR person. Um, it, it might be a bad joke, but uh, in terms of how much media it's attention it's getting, yeah, I think as a PR person, I think it's funny. So uh, it has to um, be. You have to laugh at at stuff in life. You do. You yes. You you must right. But I think it's important that there is a good degree of levity in it. So that is PR, and publicity is one aspect of PR. Uh, publicity is more of what we see of PR, which is um, a news article or uh, an event or something like that. But PR also involves messaging and identity. 
storytelling, reputation management, and sometimes PR means not being in the news, right? It, it means like staying out of that or avoiding publicity in, in some way. I, I have to ask you this question, and you've probably heard it before, but is all publicity good publicity? That's like a kind of an age old adage. And I'm sure, yeah, I hear you laughing already. So would you say that's true or not? Like even some people say bad publicity is, is better than no publicity. So I, I have mixed feelings about it. I'd love, I'd love to get your two cents on it. Yeah. Yes. And then I'd love to hear what you think also. Uh, no, I do not think that all publicity is good publicity, especially now where we are in the internet age and a lot of times once something is online, it lives forever. Back in the day, you know, newspaper articles, print magazines, they would go away for the most part. Like maybe you could go in the library and look them up in the archives. But, uh, you know, once the news was there, it would sort of move along and there wouldn't be this <laughs> worldwide way that you could go back and reference it. And nowadays... Anything that's posted online, it, it lives there forever, good or bad. And the way that Google works is that it actually prioritizes content that comes from news sources. They view that as more credible, which is why PR is something that is really wonderful for your SEO. So no, I wouldn't say that all PR is, or all publicity is good publicity. And I also think that uh, PR is something that should be fueling whatever your goals are. So if your goals are monetary, you want to make sure that your PR efforts are fueling your bottom line. Otherwise, it's just a wasted effort. And I think especially as small business owners, all of your time is so precious that you really want to make sure that you are getting as much value um, as possible. So I would, I would, I would, I think a good analogy might be someone that has a business on Yelp right? Are all reviews good reviews? <laughs> I don't think anyone would say that that has like a bunch of zero or one star reviews, right? Yeah, that, that's a great point. Um, good old Yelp. But <laughs> no, I think you're on there. And I think I mean, it is so hard being a successful small business owner in the first place. So I mean, you have to be very, very meticulous and intentional with the messages that you are putting out about yourself, your products, what you're doing. And I think the timing of those messages is almost as important as the messages. Yes, I completely agree. One thing that I talk to a lot of my clients about is people can be doing the wrong things at the wrong time, or even worse, they're doing the right things, but they're doing them at the wrong time. So they're not landing. And I think especially when it comes to something with PR that is very future focused, in terms of planning and events and news cycles, you know, there's an editorial calendar for, for everything. Um, and then also in the present, like right now, you have to make sure that you are taking into account the current climate and what's happening in the landscape, which means you need to, um, you know, shift things. And it's not as easy as let's say you're a small business owner who has a product-based company and it's December and you're thinking, hmm, I, I'd really like to get in some gift guides right now or something like that. It's like, well, th those were decided in July. So yeah, timing is very, very important. And I say timing because I'm not sure if you saw, I, there was a video of a couple of celebrities singing Imagine 
today all over the interwebs, I think on Twitter. Yeah. And, and it was, you know, with everything going on in the country and the world and saying, imagine there's no possessions. And then these are people who are in the top 1% of society who are very possession driven. And a lot of our fellow country men and women found that in very, very bad taste. So maybe if this craziness was not going on right now, that would have been appropriate to kind of put out a video with that stuff. But again, I think the timing was poor in their choice to do that. And, you know, just great message, but at the wrong time, kind of like what you said. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that also there has to be that fine, there has to be that fine line because over the years, there has been a heightened level of sensitivity and political correctness. I think a lot of it is something that is has been much overdue in terms of the way that we talk about minorities and uh, people that um, are disadvantaged in some way. Uh, but the other side of the same coin is where do you draw that line, right? And I think that that's where every person, leader, small business really needs to have that conversation with themselves of, okay, you know, what, what does our brand stand for? What does our business stand for? What do I stand for? What kind of behavior is okay, not okay? And, you know, what is it that we want to be associated with, not be associated with, speak out about, not speak about? And as you said, you know, what are the sort of overall tones that we're sending with that message. I, I firmly agree that their uh, motives behind it or their intention probably was not at all to offend or be like, see, it's great for us to pretend that we have no possessions because we have everything, right? But at the same time, you know, perception is reality. And the perception of that wasn't um, well received at all. It's so funny you say perception is reality. I say that to some of the other young leaders who work under me and they look at me like I have two heads because it's, I mean, it's an oxymoron perception, reality, you know, two different things. But I mean, that is so true. Like if, if it looks a certain way, people are going to take that as the truth and then you will have to convince them otherwise that that is not the truth. So extremely, I'm so glad you brought that up. That's such a great point. Thank you. Yes. And it's something that I uh, have learned uh, the hard way, I think, at least in the beginning of my career personally, when it came to working with clients and different bosses. But it is definitely something that um, is important with PR, especially since out of all the marketing principles, you know, PR is really about the truth, the facts. I say that you dispel doubts with data. Uh, but perception is uh, reality for, for most people. An example of that is that with what's happening right now in our country, you see a lot of people wearing those face masks, right? Um, to, but if you look up protection-wise, it says that face masks actually don't protect you from the virus. They're only helpful if you already have it from not spreading it to others. So when I first saw someone with a mask, I thought they had the virus and were just out and about. But then I realized that they probably don't know that. And their perception is that the mask helps them. Um, I, I didn't say anything to the person wearing the mask. But anyway, I just thought that was a good example. 
Yeah, no, that is a great example, very prevalent for what's going on today. So for as, as a small business owner, you know, maybe I, I found something I really enjoyed doing, I'm able to make some money doing it, and I don't know much about PR. Maybe I don't even know what it is at all, but what are a couple things as a small business owner that maybe I could incorporate into my PR game or just some kind of baby steps I could take to get those first couple steps in the right direction in relation to PR? Yeah. I mean, I think as a small business owner, PR is something that is complementary to your overall marketing efforts. And it doesn't need to be this siloed, laborious endeavor. And so the first thing that I would think about is your audience as a business owner and where your audience consumes their media and also what influences them. And that could be podcasts. It could be celebrities. It could be uh, stores in your community that they visit. For example, let's say that I was a small business owner who did dog training, the local pet store and what they have going on there could be of influence. I asked them things about my dog along with the vet's office, um, along with forums online. I'm going with the pet owner analogy for this because I feel like it's easier uh, to explain. And so I think the first thing is find out where those audiences are. And if you are a baby business owner, meaning if you're just in the beginning of your journey and you're, you're thinking, I don't have an audience to ask or I don't have an email list, um, a great way that you can find this out is by going into Facebook groups or Reddit forums or just places where your ideal audience hangs out and posing the question and saying, hey, who, you know, who do you get your fitness advice for, whatever industry you're in? And from there, once you have your list of, say, maybe five places or five names, I would start following them, subscribing to their email list. If it's a store, like the pet store and the dog owner analogy, go to the pet store, see if they have events of some sort, follow them on social media. Uh, Twitter is the place on social where the majority of journalists hang out. So even if you're not active on Twitter, just setting up an account and creating a private list of the various publications and uh, press people that are important to you is great because then you can jump on there and it you know takes two minutes just to scroll through and see what they're interested in. Uh, yeah, and then from there, you can start engaging with them. And that doesn't mean sending them an essay or a laborious pitch, for example, if it's a podcaster, you could screenshot in your Facebook stories or your Instagram stories that you are listening to that podcast. You could go to the podcast and, and write a review. Most email newsletters have a call to action. You could, which most people don't reply to, you could reply to that call to action. You could comment on their social feed in some way. So they're very, very small, I think, things, but they all, you know, add up in the long run in terms of as a small business owner, you're spending your time, which we talked about is very valuable in places that matter to your audience. And you're starting to build that relationship. And the beauty of it is that because your ideal audience hangs out either 
in real life or online in those places, by you doing those things, you're already going to be creating more awareness for yourself by writing a review, saying something in the comments, going to an event of some sort. You know, you're already laying that really important groundwork. Those are some awesome points. And I want to back up a little bit to where you said, you know, when you reach out to engage with those folks to not send a long laborious pitch or email or message. So I think that like press kits, are, are press kits still a thing? No, I think the press, I will, I will say I the press kit is dead. The press kit was something that was invented back when we didn't have email. And you had to actually, I had to fax pitches when I started in PR. Uh, Nowadays, we can, we have things online, right? But the thing is, is that your website or your online presence is your press kit. That is your business card in some way. And press, journalists, influencers, gatekeepers, whoever is on the other side they get so many emails every day that looking at a long attachment is the last thing they're, they're going to want to do. Even if you send it to them, what, what they're going to do is they're going to go to Google and they're going to type in your name or they're going to click on the link in your signature. And so I think instead of having a press kit, Ian, a better thing to do is to make sure that your website or if you don't have a website and you use one um, social media platform as as your online hub to make sure that that is reflecting the most up-to-date version of you and your brand. So if you have products, making sure that they're high-resolution products. If it's you, making sure that it's a photo of you. If you're sending a pitch about how inviting you are, that the photos represent those feelings that you are talking about. And one thing that I think everyone can have on their website, and it's really easy, is put on there like for press email and then have an email address on there. Not not a form of some sort, but have an, you know, an email address so they can easily see uh, that if they want to contact you, they can. And the email address is right there. And I've never in all of my years had a client with an issue where they put the press email address on their website and they were getting bombarded with customers. So if that's a worry of anyone who's listening, I can tell them that, that, that I've never heard of that happening. No, that's awesome. I appreciate that insight. So if you're kind of going back to pitching, Mm -hmm. what is a good way to tell someone, a a prospective client, or maybe in the podcasting world, a guest, or if I'm trying to pitch myself to get on someone's show, what, what are some like, What's a good piece of something to show them in a clear, concise way what I'm about and you know what, why I would like to be on their show or something like that? I recommend before anyone goes and asks someone for something that they are giving in advance. And so the giving goes by supporting that person. And the other way that that plays into it is your pitch is going to land better if you know your audience, right? Just like a small business owner needs to know the person or the field that they are serving. It's the same thing when it comes to PR and pitching or your communications with folks. So listen to their podcast. You don't need to listen to every single one, but I would say at least listen to one or two so you can really get a feel 
of what they're about and how you can provide value to their audience. And so when it goes to the pitch, you already have some interaction with them. So that way, when you are saying, hi, so-and-so, I really enjoyed your last episode about blank. I implemented this and this happened. They know that you're not blowing smoke at them because they can see, oh, this person did leave me a review or they they replied to my email about the podcast that said that. So going in the door, you already sort of laid the groundwork. Now, you don't need to draw attention to it and say, hey, I've emailed you this time or I comment on every post. Like, let's not go overboard. But I think that goes a long way in showing versus telling. And then when it goes back to positioning yourself, you really want to think about it instead of focusing on you, focus on them. Like, what is it that you are bringing to podcast in this example? What is it that you are bringing to their audience or to their podcast? It could be, hey, I saw that you did a podcast on this subject the other day. I, I, I did this actually with a friend. She uh, is a web designer and she has a podcast about um, breakthrough brands and what that looks like. And she uh, decided to start a series on best practices for all of the different pages on your website. And I was listening to her podcast and I thought, you know what? She should do one about a press page and how your website is the new press kit and what that could look like. So I emailed her. This is someone I have a personal relationship, but still I emailed her and I said, hey, I was listening to your podcast on this and I had this brilliant idea. What do you think about doing an episode on this? And then I broke down some bullet points, like here's what I could share with your audience and what I could teach them. What do you think? Um, so it's you know very straightforward. I would say a few bullets. And then if it's someone that you don't know before, you can say, you know, and here's why I think that I'm, uh, you know, an expert in this area. And then, you know, give them a line or two. I always say, if you have to scroll when you're sending a pitch, it's too long. And also you can hyperlink to whether it's your LinkedIn page, your website, whatever it may be. Like you don't need to send a full bio. You don't need to send them your GPA. Uh, really just think about more about, you want to think about what are the topics that you're giving them? How can that be helpful? And then making sure that you are showing why you are credible. And the last thing I'll say about that is if you have a podcast yourself, or let's say you have a big email list or a big social following or something that could help promote what they're doing, you could put that maybe as a PS or something like that. Like PS, I have an email list of 20K and if if I were on your podcast, I would definitely, you know, be elated to promote it to my audience or, or something like that. I feel like that's the cherry on top. You don't have to have that. It's just if you do have that asset, it's sort of nice to slip that in there. Definitely. So I've heard the theme of this being how you bring value to the other person and his or her audience. Yes. And that is true for every every single PR opportunity, whether you want to speak somewhere, whether you want to have a brand partnership, uh, work with a nonprofit. Uh, yes, it really, I mean, I've been seeing, I'm sure you have too. I've been seeing on Instagram, a lot of people that I think are sales coaches are doing posts about sales is serving, right? And during this time, you still want to sell because 
you're doing the ultimate service. And I'm not saying that I disagree with that, but personally, I really feel like PR it is it is serving because it all goes back to if you are providing value and that is your motivation and you're just thinking, how can I provide value to that person? And that is what you believe you will be successful in PR, period, end of story. I I know with exact certainty when I send a pitch, if it's if it's going like the ones that I say this is going to land, it lands. And it's not some woo or anything like that. It's because when I send those pitches, I know that what I'm sending them is so valuable that they would be crazy not to say yes to it. Do not do blind pitches where you haven't listened to someone's podcast or know anything about them and just try to get on their show because the person will know that right away and you'll get ignored. So yes, if you're going to reach out to someone, li- listen to a couple podcasts or check them out a little bit beforehand. Yeah. I mean, think about it. You're asking them to give their platform to you, especially a podcast where there's a lot of time that goes into it and money on and on their end in terms of producing it, the engineering, publicizing it, putting it out there. Like, you're asking to borrow their audience and their platform. So I think that you should at least at a minimum have 30 minutes of your time to investigate and researching them. Uh, I I call that spray and pray where you just, uh, you just hit up a bunch of people and you pray that one of them, write One of them writes back, but that's not going to be effective at at all. Your, your emails are going to get unanswered. Uh, PR is something where it really is about quality versus quantity. Um, I compare it to throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks versus playing darts. If you research your audience, if you know that you can add value to them, then it's going to land. And sometimes that means that you wait a little bit to be creative, to think about, and I, even I do this, I have almost 20 years of experience in PR. I think about somewhere where either I want to be or I think would be a great place for one of my clients to be, but I I don't have that bridge yet. I haven't thought of what that story or that creative idea is. And so I think about it. And then when it comes to me, I send it. But I'm really, really glad once I get that idea that I didn't just send them a pitch beforehand. No, I would never blind pitch, but still, yeah, it's not it's not important because it's a human that's on the other end. Like knock on wood, we don't have robots working in PR. It's really about building meaningful long-term relationships. It's not a transaction. It's not a funnel. It's not a tripwire. So think about the other person that you're you know, trying to reach on the other side and how you can be as compelling and as captivating as possible. It is definitely about serving and building relationships. Well, Courtney, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm going to have all the links to your social website and everything else in the show notes and also a gift for those who are listening called Supercharge. If you could tell us a little bit about that, that would be awesome. Yes. So this is a delicious PR guide that I put together that outlines the first five steps to uh, get started on your profitable PR. I outlined some of them on the call, but it's really great. There's space for you to write. It has questions to help prompt you. Prompt you, And it's, it's what I do with all of my clients and what I do for myself in terms of how you can um, take those steps to get 
started uh, with your PR today. Outstanding, Courtney. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a lot of fun. I think the listeners are going to be able to step away from this episode with a lot of great stuff to take action on. And maybe even if they're not at the point where they're going to start a PR strategy or, or campaign, but at least to get the ball rolling and some things to think about for when they do go down that path. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Ian. Hey there, my llama friends. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you want to learn more about Talking Llama Media, please head to my website at getherdpodcast.com slash Talking Llama. There, you can apply to join the Llama Herd. And if you don't know, the Llama Herd is an inner circle of extremely dedicated, creative podcasters who are very, very active in the industry and always looking to collaborate. If you like this show, please subscribe so that you don't miss new episodes as they're released. And if you really want to take your support for Talking Llama Media to the next level, please consider becoming a patron. Something like $1 per month can go a very, very long way if all of you awesome listeners out there choose to be so generous and do that. Stay confident, stay creative, and stay curious. I'll see you next time.